0: Hump Day, it is too, isn't it? Hump day. Welcome to the program. I'm Jim Rome. Yeah, a tremendous Hump Day. Long, long ago, Let's get over that hump. Every Wednesday is a big day. All right, a lot to get done as always on a Wednesday. Nice to have you here. Appreciate it. All right, let me get you started off with the telephone number, like I do every single day. I want to get you in here. I want to reference yesterday. Yesterday was a good phone call day. What do you say we stack days? Can we make it back-to-back days? I think you clones can do it. I really do. 1-800-636-8686. 636 8686 Hit me up right now. My first interview is not until 940 Pacific time. Also, you can hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. You can email me at Rome or me at haveatake.com. Wednesday is an ATP day. Wednesday is the Jim Rome podcast day. So we have a lot to get done. And we're at the Divisional Weekend. When it comes to the NFL playoffs. So great matchups, great storylines, lots to get to, a lot of program. The XR4TI is here. We are ready. Let's do it. Coming up at 940, Ifatu Melifonwu, safety for the Detroit Lions, joins us. He's played really good ball of late. Really good ball. So we'll talk to a Lion Yo, in the D. If you're looking for karma, I've got it for you. 9:40. Second hour is wide open. Top of hour number three, a former NFL offensive tackle and a Super Bowl champ, Mitchell Schwartz. Always great to talk to. We'll have him in the third hour, and again, the second hour is wide open and available. Where to start? Why don't we start with something that's a little bit unfamiliar? An unfamiliar silence coming from a very unlikely place. Yo, Dallas, mighty quiet down there. Mighty quiet, very unlike you and your team and your owner, like no radio appearances from Jarrah, no spontaneous media scrums, not a word about Big Mike's fate, just an eerie ominous silence. From the dude who generally never stops talking. I get it. has probably got a lot on his mind. Jarrah probably has a lot to think about right about now. Jarrah is probably still recovering from that utter and complete humiliation. The one he probably should have seen coming, but still somehow was blindsided by. I mean, I wasn't shocked. I think that most people who have watched the Cowboys for the past three decades were not shocked. Except Jarrah was clearly caught off guard. Caught off guard by Big Mike getting turned inside out by Matt LaFleur. Caught off guard by Dak Prescott getting badly outplayed by Jordan Love in his first ever playoff start. Caught off guard by the whole freaking thing, right? That disaster was so shocking to Jarrah that Jarrah actually called it, quote, one of his most surprises, end quote. Whatever the hell that means. Uh, this is uh, one of my most surprises. It's kind of funny. It was one of Jera's most surprises since he's been involved in sport. Period. He said so. It was one of my least surprises since I've been involved in life. I said so. Hopefully Jarrah is off somewhere Formulating some thoughts about quote the reasons why, or some thoughts on quote, anything to do with the coaching, or some thoughts on quote, anything to do about the players. Because those are pretty important things, and he's going to need some thoughts on all of those things, stat. I don't have any thoughts
1: about the reasons why.
0: I don't know, Jara. Well, anything you're busy trying players, to come up with some thoughts. The rest of the world is busy trolling the hell out of your franchise, which is what happens after you talk about a Super Bowl run all year long, talking about how this is our year, talking about how your quarterback's going to win the MVP, and then after all that, you go out and you fall flat on your face In the wildcard round, at home, we are an enormous favorite. Of course, the world is coming for you. Of course, everybody who is anybody is going to troll the hell out of you. Even Kyle Shanahan made some waves yesterday with a slight, a light troll job of the Cowboys. This trolling from Junior Lobster is so mild, you might not even catch it. It's like nuanced. It came during his response when he was asked the question... When did you start preparing to see the Packers this week?
2: You know, we were doing it that day. We had mixed in
0: a little bit earlier in the week, you know, hitting up a couple of teams, but um, started really focusing on them halfway through the second quarter. Then they scored at the end of the second quarter, so I kind of did both at halftime. And then third quarter, I was set on one team. Um, for that dude, that, that's like the ultimate bulletin board material from a guy who never gives you anything at all. Kyle said he started to prepare for the Packers midway through the second quarter as if he had given up on the Cowboys midway through the second quarter. Yeah, Kyle, I get it. You and the rest of planet Earth. There's a revelation. Our minds are blown. No way. Do you know why the football genius, Kyle Jr. Lobster Shanahan, picked up on the fact that the Cowboys were cooked halfway through the second quarter of that game? The same reason the rest of us picked up on that very same thing. It's because they were cooked halfway through the second quarter of that game. I don't think it takes a member of the famous Shanahan family to figure that one out. That one was pretty obvious. But still, that's about as trolly as Junior Lobster is ever going to get. The fact that he's trolly at all tells you what a joke the Cowboys are right now. In fact, that's not even right. They're not even a joke. They're the punchline. They don't even get to be the joke. They deserve to be the butt of the joke. Or the ass of the joke. Or just the ass, period. Period. But things aren't all terrible in Dallas. And you know me. I'm always looking for a silver lining. For example, Jane Slater, who did a great job here on the show on Monday put out a series of tweets after her appearance that got some attention. The first one actually reflected pretty well on Big Mike. Quote, To the fans who think this team has quit on Mike McCarthy, my conversations with the players don't tell me that at all. Really interesting hearing them defend him, his culture, and how he's led them on the field and off of it. Their ownership of failing Mike is what stands out the most. End of post. Yeah, I guess that's not exactly surprising, right? We already heard Dak defend the dude or try to defend the dude, but basically just making that point that he should be getting as much heat as Big Mike, I mean, what is that really? I mean, that's true. Dak should be getting as much heat as Big Mike. However, however, he is getting some. From his own locker room, apparently. Because the tweet from Jane that caught the most attention actually made headlines when she pushed out this. Quote, Fans can roll their eyes, but I do think players' thoughts matter. As Jerry Jones weighs the decision. Another player was frustrated with a stubbornness to stick to schemes on both sides of the ball. Motion offenses, killing defenses, and concern that Dak panics when first reads not there. End of post. Oh, ah, yeah, that's concern. Pretty big one at that. In fact, that entire post is a pretty big concern, even if it's about as unsurprising as Dallas's latest epic meltdown. Of course, there was going to be more fallout from the most humiliating loss ever. Of course, fingers were going to start pointing. Of course, people in the building were going to start leaking and whining. And of course, dudes in that locker room are frustrated or downright just pissed off. Frustrated and pissed off is one thing. You know, like calling Mike stubborn. Calling Big Mike stubborn. Not exactly a shattering development, right? However, another player anonymously saying that the alleged franchise quarterback panics when the first read isn't there, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. In fact, bad enough that that deserves a Carl Lewis. I'll tell you why. If somebody said that anonymously, that means a few things. Number one, that's not the only player there who thinks that. Number two, it is a concern. A concern that's known around that building. A concern that your MVP candidate can't get past his first read, allegedly, without panicking. And number three, rather than circling the wagons and trying to cover and defend their guy, somebody was looking to make him look bad and succeeded. So that's not nothing. That's not nothing. That looks bad. Bad for Dak. Bad for Big Mike. Bad for Jera. It looks bad for everybody. No, I mean, it's not worse than completely imploding at home in a playoff game after a 12-win season against a quarterback making his first playoff start. It's not worse than that. But then again, there aren't many worse looks than that. It might look worse for Big Mike than anybody else, though, because it's further evidence that the dude does not have control of the team. He certainly didn't have that team ready to play that game. And that dysfunction still reigns supreme in Dallas, just like it basically always has. Since the moment Jarrah ran Jimma off. Because Jimma was getting more credit than Jarrah. Speaking of Jemma, did anybody catch his halftime speech for the Cowboys on Sunday? I thought my man was going to blow every blood vessel in his face. How does Jimma? still had this much passion for the team after Jera did him so wrong for so many decades.
1: But I'll just say this. Every single one of you, you know how hard we've worked. I don't need to have people pointing the fingers one thing or another. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. We're going to open it up. We're going to go fast tempo defense. Get after Jordan Love. You can't give him that much time. You do what you're supposed to do. We'll win this game.
0: Eyes bulging. Veins popping. Hey, look, I think we all know this much. I think we all know that that was much better than anything Big Mike actually said in the actual locker room. If only Jarrah could have Gemma in his prime back right now. That'd be perfect, right? Or even 80-something-year-old Gemma right now would probably be better than what he has. But you know what? You know what's not a bad fallback option? The GOAT? Jera faced a fork in the road three decades ago with another one of the all-time great coaches and failed miserably. The real question right now is, is Jera about to make another catastrophic mistake in the head coaching department? Does he let Big Mike take another run and another 12-5 and season and another playoff collapse? And then live out the rest of his tight schedule. My schedule. Wondering what may have been or what could have been if he had hired Bill Belichick. And if he had done that, could he have made a return to the glory hole days? Glory hole days. With the hood man. It's hard to tell right now. One thing is pretty obvious, though. It's quiet as hell in Dallas. Except for those dudes anonymously saying that Big Mike is stubborn and regular-sized Dak panics. Other than that, it's quiet as hell. Here's your bottom line. If you're Jerry Jones, can you do better than Big Mike? Are there coaches out there that are available that are better than Big Mike? The answer clearly is yes. So I'm not looking to get anybody fired. But the guy's had four years. He's won one playoff game. And if you can hire the greatest ever, don't you try and do that. And if you can't get him, but you can get, like, I don't know, Mike Vrabel, who would be better. Don't you do that. What message does it send the fan base if you don't make a change? If you do nothing. If you do nothing and say, we have a Super Bowl roster, we won 12 games, right. Right. It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season anyway, but especially if you're that franchise. But if you do nothing, you're clearly telling the fans, we're good, we're fine, we won 12 games, you're looking at us, you're talking about us, we're printing money, it's all good, it's fine. Bottom line, there's a better coach out there. And he's hireable, so he should do it. Cowboy fan, reaction. And bottom line, it's not a good thing either that players now anonymously are saying things about their franchise quarterback and their coach. And again, if one person said it, more than one person thinks it. 1-800-636-8686. Dear Rome, I would hate to be a bottle of gas station wine this week if Jarrah We'll buy two of those when he's in a good mood. I would hate to see what he would do to that wine after that loss. Johnny in GB. I don't know. He's not saying much. He skipped his radio hit. So he's processing. He's processing his program. We'll see what he comes up with. DLH 1029 quote, Jimmy Johnson sounds like that cursing baseball kid. Yeah, if that cursing baseball kid was 81. Terry. Jerry. Show some f***ing emotion, you old Jerry. ass. Terry. Silly ass man. I want
1: to punch
0: you. f***ing you silly ass man. Your I want to punch you right in the face.
1: You get your rear you end in, in and there you. and you play the way you know how to Jerry. play. Jerry. We can the win the Mikey. game. Mikey. We're going to go fast. Dacky. That's what you're doing. Jordan Love. You can't
2: give so him Jerry, that much. Tubby. You how do well, what you're supposed to do.
1: Micah, get your rear end end in there. You do what you're supposed to do. We'll win this game.
0: Yeah, I don't think they were watching you at halftime, Jimma. And they certainly didn't come out and play like it. And I don't care what the final score was. Don't act like that game was ever close. All right, so the Cowboys, definitely a topic. Steeler fan, you're not having a real good day, are you? Hey, Steeler fan, do not shoot the messenger. In fact, you're probably going to want to when you hear my take on this. Mike Tomlin reportedly told the players and coaches that he will be back next year. Notice that I said he reportedly told them that he will be back next year. In other words, it was his decision, not ownerships. You know why that is? Ownership was never going to do what you wanted it to do, namely fire Mike Tomlin. I guarantee without even knowing, and I'm not there, and I have no inside source, but I can guarantee that was never on the table for ownership. It wasn't even their decision. It was Tomlin's decision. Did he want to stay there? Did he want to fulfill the last year of that contract? Or had he heard enough, done enough, and did he want to walk off like he did from the podium when the question came up? Apparently, he's not going anywhere. And without even knowing... Steeler fan, I know how you feel about that. And without even knowing, Steeler fan, I know you're not going to like what I have to say about that. But we'll get into all of it, even though we know what's going to happen. I want to talk a little basketball today. Been a long time since we heard from old Uncle Steve. Steve Ballmer. He's back with a vengeance, as he always is. I want to get into that. Also, also... It wasn't exactly a Rafa moment. Nothing ever will be. The Rafa exchange with the reporter from back in the day. Hi. You know, hi. You know what I'm talking about. Hi. 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 Congratulations hi. on your win.
2: Um, um, Nadal, congratulations on your win. And I would like to know how lost, you by the way after the game. And if you're ready to give it another try.
0: I lost, by the way.
2: Yeah, I know, but it's a a, a win anyway.
0: Okay, I've got one that's not that good because Mm -hmm. there will never be one that's that good. And if you pay attention to sports or social, you probably know where I'm going with this. I've got one that's at least in the conversation, kind of, sort of. But even that's kind of a reach, right? Because there will never, ever, ever, ever be anything that can touch Rafa and that reporter and that exchange. That's the GOAT. Put it up on a wall, on a piece of wood. Shellac the wood, no, hang it up go. there, and it's never coming down. Mm. Ever. However, this is pretty good. This involves Detroit and Tampa Bay. Mm. At Haunted Double O Horse, Jim, if Big Mike still has a job in Dallas, going into next season, the stubborn person is Jera. Right. Jarrah's not saying anything. Now, remember the last time this happened and Jarrah had to make a decision on the clapper. Done. It took four or five days, right? He was in no hurry. The clapper. The difference this time around is you've got Bill Belichick floating around. If Jarrah wants Belichick, he may not have the luxury of taking four or five days. But he may not want him. How about this? I'm not even sure that Bill the Goat wants Jarrah. Although I think they need each other, frankly. one eight hundred six three six eight six eight six. 636 8686 Hey, Rome, we are glad Jerry Jones is otherwise occupied. Signed, Euro Mosquitoes. I'm circumcising the Mosquito. Dino in Vegas. Dino, you're the ultimate tryhard, man. Try hard, succeed never.
2: I can't wait.
0: You are a try hard, dude. I'll give you that. You do try hard. You never succeed. You I fail harder wait. than you try. Try hard, fail harder. Hardly wait. That's you, Dino. Try hard, fail harder. And finally, Jimmy, the world of Jerry has imploded. Hire Harbaugh, start Trey Lance, get a backfield and let's rebuild. Sammy and H-Town, that's funny. Quote, let's rebuild. I thought this was the year you were going to win it all. How do you go from we're going to win it all or at least get to the Super Bowl to man, we got to bust this thing up and start over. We got to rebuild. You don't have to rebuild. You just won 12 games three years in a row. You just can't win when it matters. You don't need to rebuild. Which brings us to Harbaugh, who had his second interview. I I got a feeling that Harbaugh's going to end up here in L.A. That seems to make some sense, doesn't it? Hey, Damian, I'm not going to read your Dexter Manley contribution. We stopped doing that years ago. But then again, like eight, eight of you idiots Years. Years. tried to send me that. Years. Same exact Years. Dexter Manley Years. take, Years. post, Years. email. Years. Yeah, yeah, I know. Years. I know. And Years. while Years. eight of you idiots Years. sent it, one Years. idiot thought it was funny. No names mentioned. James Kelly. Years. I got to tell you something, big head. You are every bit one of them and more so. You're more a clone than any of the clones. I would say you're more clone than XR4TI, but you're more clone than clone. A lot of times, James, you're more clone than the worst clone. I don't even compare you to us anymore. You're one of them. You've made that very clear. And, and one of them, in not in a complimentary sense, you feel me? Clowns. All right, exactly. Thank you, Albie. When we come back... Maybe a phone call, if it warrants it. In the meantime, big weekend. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. What you want to do, and how are you going to beat that, by the way? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code Rome R-O-M-E. New customers can bet just five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, you do have to use the code ROME, R O M E. The crown is yours. You do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 HopeNY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: You're listening to The Jim Rome Show.
0: So it's going to be a short segment, but... Enough of a segment to get you a telephone call or two. So why don't we go ahead and do that First stop today, Kansas City. Preston and KC, good to have you, Preston. What's going on?
1: Rome. Wow, I got on the phone with Rome. Nice to hear from you, buddy. Good to hear
0: from you, dude. What's up?
1: Oh, man, I tell you what. I have been uh, really upset about the Bills Mafia. And I'll tell you why. I always thought Mafia was for tough guys. Like, that's what mafia is. They're tough guys. And then I realized there was that episode of The Sopranos where Tony Soprano cries over the ducks leaving his pond. And then I realized, oh, that's a perfect moniker for Bill's Mafia. They're a bunch of crybabies. This year, when Patrick McCombs comes to Bill's Mafia Stadium and steals another one from him, I don't want to hear the crying about a holding call on second and inches that changed the game. The bottom line is Josh Allen can't ever get the hump. Get over the hump. Thanks, Jim. I'm out.
0: Preston. All right. I like it. I like it. And I'm not saying I agree or disagree. Josh Allen's a hell of a player. I'm going to say this. He and they have to have this. No ands, hips, or buts. And no disrespect to KC either. They've got them coming into their house. Kansas City is not what Kansas City has been in the past. And we know what Kansas City has done to them in the past. No ands, ifs, or buts in the divisional round at home. They have to have this. They have to. Have to. Notice I'm not saying they have to win the Super Bowl or that window slams shut. And it's painted over and nailed shut. I'm saying this week, this game, Kansas City, no disrespect to the defending Super Bowl champs, but they don't look the way they used to. And Buffalo's got them at home. They have to have it they better, quote, get the hump. Josh
1: Allen can't ever get the hump.
0: I I think he can. I would tend to disagree with that. I think that Josh Allen pretty much can get the hump. But he better get the hump this week.
1: Josh Allen can't ever get the hump.
0: He better. Never say never. Never say never. Never say never, especially as it regards to Josh Allen never getting the hump.
1: Josh Allen can't ever get the hump.
0: Never say never. He can't get the hump. And he might get the hump, and he might get it against you, but I'm here to say he better get the hump. He better get it this weekend. No small task, except they have to have it. If not now, then when? And even if they don't go all the way, and getting through Baltimore is not an easy thing, you have to get the hell out of the divisional round. They have to have it, and Detroit has to have it. Detroit has to have it. And I'm here to tell you that both those teams could lose those games. Absolutely, Tampa Bay could go into forward field, as intimidating as that place is, and shock the Lions. And you know what? It wouldn't even be a shock. Tampa Bay is better than they're getting credit for. They are. But, and and follow what I'm saying here? Detroit can't lose to Tampa Bay at home in the playoffs. Buffalo cannot lose me, to a Kansas City team that's not what they used to be at home this weekend. But both of them could. You follow me, camera guy? You see what I'm trying to say here? Are you following me, camera guy? I do like Preston though showing up. That's what you do. Show up early, come in here with a take, talk a little junk, fire the first shot. I like it. I like it a lot. One 86. All right, toll-free. go ahead, hit me up. Coming up next segment, Ifatu Melafonwu, safety for the Lions, will be joining us.
2: Live from Southern California. This is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. you got to love the divisional matchups. Unbelievable games across the board. Every single one of them, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll talk more about the matchups, but as promised, we are joined right now by a safety for the Detroit Lions. He is in his third season. He had a career high 33 tackles this year. He had a couple of INTs in Sunday's win over the Rams. He had three tackles, the Lions 13 and 5 on the year. They won the NFC North. They are going to host Tampa Bay in Sunday's divisional round of the playoffs. We are joined right now by Fatu Monfonwu. Fatu, great to have you. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. Um, Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's really good to have you. Thanks for making time. Listen, let me start off by saying I know that Detroit is known as hockey town, but I've always maintained that Detroit, despite going decades between wins in the postseason, man, that is an incredible football town. No matter what, it's always been a great, great football town. Can you sum up what the last few days have been like in the area with the fans celebrating their first playoff win since 1992?
3: Yeah, honestly, it, it it's been crazy. Um this this whole season's been crazy. Even my first two years when we when we weren't really winning, just all the games just been packed like like you said um like it is a hockey town, but honestly, it is a football town as well. So It's just been a crazy experience throughout the whole season and especially the last couple of days.
0: You know, I'm glad you mentioned the first couple of years. I want to go back to that in a minute. But just watching that game, even here from my couch in California, like if you put a roof over any building, it's going to be loud, right? But just watching that game, I don't know that I've ever seen a joint louder than Ford Field was during that game. As a player, can you describe what the energy was like inside that building and how much you and your teammates fed off the crowd?
3: Yeah, no, the energy was awesome. Um, you always feel, uh, you always feed off that. Um, it gives you energy, uh, momentum. Like, on defense, you, you can't even hear. Like, you just have to rely on hand signals because you can't hear each other. Even if you're right next to the person, like, getting the calls in the huddle, you can barely hear. Um, so it's definitely – I think we use it to our advantage, and it's definitely, you know – gives us momentum.
0: I would imagine if you guys can't hear and you guys need hand signals, you can only imagine what it must be like for the opposition. I thought that it was an incredible moment in the locker room after the game when Dan Campbell gave Jared Goff the game ball. Like, Goff would never say it, but you know how much beating the Rams had to mean to him personally. How much does this team rally around Jared? And then how badly did you want to help him get that dub against his former team?
3: Yeah, like you said, he he would never say it, but you know how much it meant to him um you know he he's our leader, so we always just wanna um you know rally behind him um it was just it was just a great experience seeing that, and then especially coach giving him the game ball, because no matter how he'll try to downplay it like that that definitely meant a lot um so we were just happy that. We got the win, and he got the game ball as well.
0: There you go. So, Fatu, you came into the league in 2021. You mentioned the first couple of years. You've been a part of Dan Campbell's entire tenure in Detroit. And as great as this season's been, let's not forget, the Lions did start 0-10-1 in Campbell's first season. I'm curious, what was the head coach saying during those early challenging days, and how did he keep that team together before you all turned it around?
3: It was definitely a struggle, but I feel like if you – if you go back and watch those games and see the scores and how we lost, like we were in a lot of those games, and a lot of those games, like we lost in the, in the final minute, so we kind of knew that it was like, you know, right around the corner. So I feel like we all, we always like had hope, um, and we always just listened to the coach, and he he knew the vision that uh, he had for the team, and we all believed him.
0: That's the key, right? I mean, as long as you have somebody up there who's front and center, who's got that vision, and you buy in, it can be a powerful thing. Like the Lions, y'all are a resilient team now. I mean, just like the town itself, you're resilient, and you yourself, you fit right in. After playing corner at the queues, you moved to safety, and then you dealt with some injuries that really limited your playing time before coming on really strong late this season. I'm curious, you know, confidence, no matter who you are, is a fragile thing did yours ever waver during that time when you were hurt or did you know if I could just get healthy and get an opportunity I know I can make this impact
3: I mean I feel like it naturally it just wavers slightly but I feel like for the most part I I knew and I had faith and faith in God and and my my friends and family had faith in me that it was just like if I could just stay healthy um, the sky's the limit so I always had that faith, like I'm I'm right there. I just need need to stay healthy and I need my opportunity to show what I could do.
0: Well and then you proved it. Let me go back to week seventeen. You had an enormous game against the Vikings. You had five tackles, you had a pair of sacks, you had a game ceiling pick. I mean, just an enormous game that earned you the NFC defensive player of the week honors. Was that as locked in as you've ever felt during a game as a pro?
3: Um yeah, I would say that that game and even the week before, I feel like the week before the Broncos game, I was I was lo- I was so locked in in that game, and I think it just it really just like carried over. Like I was just playing with like elite confidence, like like I just knew I was gonna make plays, and I was just like it, it was just a matter of when. So those two games, and then even just moving forward, I was just playing, still still am playing with just an elite amount of confidence.
0: See, I think we all want that, right? I'm curious, like, where does the elite confidence come from? Is that a matter of preparation breeds confidence? Is it a matter of, you know, you could trust your body, you felt good physically? Like, where was that confidence coming from?
3: Uh, I feel like it's kind of a mix of things, just like, um, just confidence in, in my ability and what I could do when I'm healthy, and then also confidence just comes from time on task and just, like, execution. So, like, you know, when you make that first play, it just gives you more confidence to make the next one, and then especially when you have, you know, your your teammates and your coaches uh, behind you, believing in you, along with your family and everything. So I think it kind of all just adds together.
0: Time on task is a great phrase. I like that a lot. All right, so Sunday's game is going to be your second meeting with the Bucks. You beat them in Tampa, twenty to six, in Week Six. You limited them to a pair of field goals. You held Baker Mayfield to two hundred six passing yards. I mean, what did you take away from that win, and then what are you expecting from Tampa Bay in the rematch?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, that was, that was just a good overall um, team win. Um, we played great defensively. Obviously, um, it, it's the playoffs now, so it's going to be a, a tougher challenge. Um, so we got to just go back and see, see the things we did well, see the things we did well in the last game, and obviously they're going to make some changes. Um, so it, it's going to be a good game.
0: So what do you think about Baker Mayfield? We're talking about a guy who's been, you know, left for dead so many times and that's I don't think he'd have it any other way, man. He just keeps rising up, he keeps grinding, he keeps battling. You've gone up against him, you watched him on film. What are your thoughts about him as a quarterback and what do you have to do to slow him down?
3: Yeah, he's a he's a very good quarterback and he's um he's resilient like you like you was just saying. Um I feel like without saying too much, I think we just gotta play our game and I think um, focus on our assignment, technique, and and execution, and I think the rest will um, take care of itself.
0: You know, it's not like you and I have talked a lot, but it seems to me like you're in character, you're locked in. What about this week? Leave me with this thought. What about we're midweek right now? What's the week of practice? You haven't had a full week yet, but what's practice been like, and what's the vibe like with the team as you get ready for this great opportunity?
3: I feel like it's it's a lot more um, locking in mentally. You know, as well as physically, but you definitely got to be on your P's and Q's mentally um, as you prepare for another playoff game.
0: It's a big one. It's about as big as they get. You won your first playoff game in more than three decades. You have another opportunity, and then you're one step closer if you get through that one. too great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate you making time, especially on a week like this. Great to have you on.
3: Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: Appreciate you. Thank you very much. Ifatu Melon joining us. Locked in. Locked in. Like Aaron Jones yesterday, locked in. Everybody is locked in this time of year. Understandably so. These are big, big games. Lions fan, I'm going to ask you how it feels. And then I'm going to ask you not to tell me how old you are. I don't want to run you. Don't tell me your age. Don't make the mistake that poor Tina made. I want to know if... You were in the building last week and what it was like. Because like I just said to him, even sitting here in California, I've never seen a joint like that. I mean, that was, to call it electric doesn't begin to do it justice. That place was so loud. He just said, even as a defense at home, we can't hear anything. We're using hand signals. So what's it like to go in there as the opposition? And do not sleep on Tampa Bay. They're dangerous now. How do I know? Baker won't say it, I don't think, at this point. But you know he's going to wake up feeling dangerous. And he should. Love that matchup. Love that game. I love every one of the divisional games. 1-800-636-8686. Packers against San Francisco. Tall task. But they're playing really well. And they're playing with a lot of confidence. And Jordan Love looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, like incredible. They've got a shot, they've got more than a puncher's chance. Bill's Mafia. Do you agree with me? You have to have this game. You cannot lose this game. You cannot lose to KC again, and not in the divisional round. I think this whole thing about Patrick Mahomes going on the road for the first time ever, like, who cares? He's Patrick Mahomes, right? Is he in the Hall of Fame yet? Like, who cares? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Patrick Mahomes he has to go on the road. I mean, it is a little unusual this six years into his career. He's never played a road game. I mean, as a, quote, fun fact, that's kind of cool. But as a football fact, who cares? What, the guy's never won a big game on the road before? Buffalo, you got to win this game. Detroit's got to have their game. And then you got San Francisco and Green Bay, Baltimore, and the Texans. One more thought, Clones. If you had to pick one upset winner this weekend, who would you pick? Packers? Texans? Hit me. Let's go to the phones quickly. Let's go to L.A. Bob in L.A. Hey, Bob, what's going on?
2: Hey, Jimbo. How you doing today? Good. How about you, Bob? Uh, oh, Jim, I can't tell you how good I feel. I won't go into the thing about how long I've been a Lions fan because it's unbelievable, but the feeling is still here. But uh, I came up with a scenario, Jim. Now, you're going to have to check this, but I believe I'm right there. Uh, after uh, God gave us a good thing by having Dallas take a dump in their pants and give us two home games, which is unbelievable, but if after we beat uh, Tampa Bay this week if the planets align and God does it again and somehow uh, uh, Green Bay beats San Francisco Detroit would be the first team in history to host three home games without being, one of them being the Super Bowl I'll, I guess you can check on Jim but I'm pretty sure that would be it and you know that would complete the year of years for Detroit if that ever happened hey
0: Bob if, I, if I'm not mistaken Bob Thanks for the phone call. You actually sound happy. Normally, you're cantankerous. You're miserable. You're trying to run people's ass down. Run his ass down. That's how you normally sound. Do you sound downright giddy. I'm glad that you've been on this planet long enough to see the Lions win a playoff game. In terms of that scenario that you were trying to lay out, That you did not do a very good job of laying out? I don't know. Since you referenced God so many times, maybe the man upstairs will let us know. Although I don't know that he really cares who wins. I don't know. Maybe he's a Lions fan. There's not a lot of evidence historically to suggest that he has a favorite. Stay tuned.